Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. Well, good morning. Good morning. And I don't know if uh, she introduced who she was, uh, for those of you that are first-time guests, but that's my daughter, Michaela Schultz, married with, just had her first child, there. Um, a great, great couple, great family, and uh, she also is on staff with us. She's our creative director, so uh, it's all in the family, right? But the bigger family includes all of us. And my name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here, and as the baskets are being passed, you can continue to do that. Uh, once a year, and it's usually mid-December, and how many of you know this is mid-December, we talk about something special, an opportunity that we call a year-end gift. And, and what's important is, is, I, I, is us to connect with those that have a heart to build the kingdom. And so I want to share some things from my heart, but share some opportunities as we look ahead into the year 2020 that's before us. And so whenever we approach finances at Refuge, it's always our intent to approach it from a standpoint of participation and not to put a heavy burden or pressure, manipulation. It's sharing opportunity that we together can do something significant to bless the kingdom of God, to bless our community. And, you know, a lot of times it's, it's sometimes awkward, and I'm not necessarily the one that likes to talk about money, but it's really not about money. It's about participation in something of significance where we share together to accomplish something great for Jesus. And so whether you give or not, really that's between you and God, okay? And, and there's no condemnation. Giving is always a matter of the heart. And I believe that at, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, at Refuge, we desire to see a culture of generosity established among the people. And when that culture is established, giving is not an obligation. Giving is a joy and a privilege and a blessing. And so the opportunity we have before us, and and let me just say this. You will never hear me say, you have to give. You never hear me say, if you don't give, we're going under. Okay, you're never going to hear me say anything like that. But you will hear me say, when everyone does their part, every need will be met. You will hear me bring forth biblical principles about the financial element of stewardship so that you can be blessed and secure in your life and and, and blessed the way God wants to bless you. Now, for the year-end gift, normally we put together video, we put it on the screen, but today I'm just going to share the directive that God has given us. The year-end gift this year has three target areas. We're targeting projects that we can invest in as we look forward to 2020. And not only do we want to end this year strong, but we want to enter 2020 with vision and strength. So the three target areas that we have is people, projects, and property. And so the first target area is people, and this has to do with outreach in our community, community. We do a community picnic every August. That's totally free. We feed whoever comes. I think this last year we had about 500 people come 
to the community picnic, and we were able to bless them with free food, with games for the kids and all that. And so that's something we're going to do this year, and it seems like it's growing bigger and better every year. Uh, we have community leaders come out, and it's, it's just a great opportunity. And this year, we're doing something special in the spring. We're bringing a team from uh, Bethel in Redding, California, uh, 10 uh, musicians and singers, and we're going to do a concert and a worship seminar. So it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. So we're looking forward to that. And also, we do an adoptive family dinner theater every year, and it's an outreach to adoptive families. And this is really a joy to participate in that. And this is something we do at no cost. We just bless these families. So these are outreaches we do. Also, we have Awakening 715, where we bring a, a Isaiah Salivar and Awakening team in from California. We just have special services where we bless our community. And there's a number of other projects that we do. We do furniture giveaways, and we'll be scheduling that this year as well. Uh, just, and, and so our goal for the people directive is $25,000. The second directive or target is projects. And uh, one of the things, when we, when we built this building years ago, see that tech booth back there? It used to be called the sound booth. It's graduated to tech booth, but we want to expand that uh, because it gets crowded back there sometimes because there's just a whole lot more tech going on in that. So we have slated that project to do. We have to redo flooring and classrooms and the cafeteria, a number of other projects of renovation in this building. The kitchen that serves probably about 200 people a day throughout the week, to the child care and the school, and, and we're going to get fed today after service. Uh, we need to do some renovations there. We also need to expand our parking along the roadway here, add spaces for parking. And so the goal for the projects is 45000 And also we need to redo our illuminated sign out there, switch it to digital. It's kind of burning out. It's, it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. So that's on the slate as well. And uh, so that's the projects. Then the third is property. Um, and the property has to do with debt reduction and elimination. Uh, things that we've financed to facilitate the vision. Uh, several years ago, we renovated the sanctuary here. We invested about 30000 in sound equipment and all that. So uh, we, we still owe money on that. We took out a short-term loan. We purchased two uh, ministry vans. Uh, we have um, lawn and snow removal equipment. And all of that total, including our mortgage, which is about 227000 is about $419,000 of debt. Now, you might say, well, that sounds like a lot. But in perspective to what we own here in buildings and property, it's only 16.5% of the value of the property. So that's a pretty low debt ratio in light of, of what we have, the actual value of the property and buildings is about uh, 2540000 That's kind of a um, rough ball estimate there. And so what we want to do in this third category is uh, reduce our debt by one-fourth in 2020. So that means we're believing out for $100,000 to be applied towards debt reduction and elimination. So a total of the year-end gift of forecasting into the next year 
is 170,000. And so, now you might say, wow, that's a lot. But you know what? It's not too much for God. And when everyone does their part, every need is met. And so what we want you to do between now and the end of this year to pray, and we already have people that have uh, committed some pledges. And uh, so what we're looking at, that whether it's a one-time gift, cash gift, or regular gift, if we have even 170 people pledge $1,000 over this next year, that need will be easily met. And what does that break down to in a daily basis? You can do the math, you know, uh, less than $100 a month, less than what you can figure it out, okay? But what I want you to do is just pray about it because this is a matter of prayer. I'm not trying to twist, twist your arm. All I'm wanting to do is present an opportunity to establish a reasonable and an attainable goal for us. And uh, prayer is the starting place in all of this. And uh, this year-end gift will be applied uh, towards these 2020 goals as we look forward in planning for this next year. So let's just take a moment at this time, and, and I want you to pray. We're not going to receive a second offering, anything like that. Uh, there's a number of ways you know how to give, uh, and you can make your pledges and as the Lord would direct you. Father, we just thank you for opportunities to invest in your kingdom. And Father, as a church body and a church family, we desire to impact this community for you, to build your kingdom. And we understand, Lord, when everyone does their part, every need is met. And no gift is insignificant in your eyes, Lord God. And I just thank you that as you move upon the hearts of the people, that they will respond in willing obedience to whatever you communicate to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that wasn't too painful, was it? All right. <laughs> well, how many of you are ready for the word this morning? Okay, you ready for the word? The Lord's given us a word that I believe will inspire. As you see on the slide behind me, unexpected when your whole world changes. And I hope that it's, you're not depending on my humor to change your life, but I, I do like to bring humor when I start a message. Okay, so I, I do have some seasonable humor that's appropriate, I believe, for the season. And, and the first, this is maybe not necessarily humorous, but did you know there's only been one Christmas? The rest are simply anniversaries, okay? We're, we're celebrating the anniversary of Christmas uh, again on the 25th. Okay, now I have a question for you. What is a snowman's favorite ant? Antarctica, of course. Mm, okay. All right. All right. Who is the meanest reindeer? Rude off. Okay, okay. I know these are really, they're, they're more on the level of a child, but that's, that's fine. You can handle that. But uh, this was noted. Uh, a snowman was seen at the local uh, grocery store, and he was at the vegetable section, and he was picking his nose at the carrot bin. Okay, okay you, you got that. All right. Well, that's the extent of my humor this morning, but uh, unexpected 
I have to tell you one more thing. I had an unexpected moment yesterday when I stepped into my daughter's room. Uh, Mackenzie is home from Australia. She's attending Hillsong College there. And I stepped into her room, and I saw something that was totally unexpected. Her room was spotless, clean. Spotless, clean. I could not believe it. I was in shock. My jaw dropped. Because, you know, it hasn't always been that way. And guess what? I didn't even have to tell her to do it. I made a little hint about a week ago, but she did it. She surprised me. So great job, Mackenzie. All right. Well, we, I want to direct you, to, first of all, to Psalms 59, 16. And as we look into the Word, I, I believe that the Word of God is our constitution. The Word of God is what we need to live by. We need to commit to practice the truth that we see written in the pages of the Word. And so I, I believe the Word of God is, it is the textbook that we bring to this pulpit and minister the truth of God's Word. But Psalms 59.16 in the New Living Translation reads this way, But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Now realize that we all face distress from time to time. We all face challenges from time to time. But when you determine to begin your day by singing about God's power, and each morning declaring God's unfailing love, your days will begin to change. Your days will be different. And we want to begin this service by just acknowledging that as we pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word, to receive the truth that we see in the Bible. Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice and, and those uh, tuning in today through the podcast, Lord, that you would inspire hearts, that you would open up eyes to see, ears to hear, that truth would find a resting place in us, that you would show yourself strong, Father, to, to bring light in dark places in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that we find you as our refuge when we are in distress. And no matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, Father, we can experience you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So before we talk about the unexpected, I first need to address expectation. Because we need a basis in understanding what's unexpected when we understand and talk about expectation. To talk about the unexpected, it's good to contrast it with what's expected. Because we place certain expectations upon ourselves and upon others. I believe, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, expectation is a driving force that determines how we live our lives. It's a driving force. It, it has a lot to do with what you do and how you act and how you live, how you talk. See, all of us have certain expectations, whether it's in a relationship, 
activity, an action, or even a reaction. Expectation is a driving force in our marriages, in our families, at school, and even the workplace. How many of you expect to get a paycheck after you've worked a week or two weeks, whether you get paid once a week, every other week? How many of you expect to get paid? You expect to get that paycheck. What happens if you don't? That would be the unexpected because something you didn't plan for, something you didn't really give consideration to. You expect to get paid. But when it doesn't happen, how are you going to react? Now, my encouragement to you is when you go somewhere, especially when you come to church, come with expectation. And let that expectation be, I am going to receive from God this morning. I'm going to hear something that's going to transform my life and make a difference in my life. Come with an expectation that I'm going to give myself in worship, that I'm going to participate in some way in this service. I'm not going to just be a spectator in the chair. I'm not going to be just observing. I'm going to get into what God is doing in this moment, in this time. And so when you come with a raised expectation, I believe God will meet us often at our place of expectation. If you expect little, you won't uh, receive much, okay? And so that's just kind of how it works. But what about the unexpected? Think about events that may be unexpected that changes your whole world. When you think you're done having children, and all of a sudden you find out your wife is pregnant, the uh, Kleiners. <laughs> Jennifer's sitting back there. Tim, he's back there probably. Yeah, somewhere, okay. And, you know, um, after thinking they're done having children, all of a sudden, you know, somebody made a comment. Jennifer, I think you're putting on weight. I, I, we won't say who said that because no woman likes somebody telling you that, you know, right, ladies? Okay. Well, um, some sometime down the road, they got a pregnancy test and found out she's pregnant. Oh, did we have a wonderful time with that? Amen. Now, Maddie is such a blessing, oh, such a blessing in their lives. The unexpected, okay? So the unexpected thing can be a positive or it can be a negative. The loss of a job. The list goes on. And maybe you can identify something unexpected that happened to you, a loss of a loved one, which recently we've lost a loved one in this church. D. Malik went home to be with Jesus. That was unexpected. We weren't expecting her to go be with Jesus. We were expecting her to hang around with us a little longer. In the history one unexpected event that comes to mind, because I was thinking about this, and I decided to Google it, and guess what came up? An unexpected event in history, the sinking of the Titanic. No one expected that to happen, because the claim on that boat was that even if God himself would try to sink this ship, he couldn't. I, I, that was not the statement to make about the boat. <laughs> and I'm not saying that God sunk it either, okay? Uh, 
But it was not expected. It was a shock to the whole world. They never saw that coming. What about the unexpected? When you have an unexpected guest show up at your door. Has that ever happened? Or an unexpected event that occurs in your life. You didn't see it coming, and it often took you by surprise. When I put my key in in the ignition of my car and I turn that key, I expect it to start up. The unexpected is when you turn the key and it goes, and immediately when that unexpected event happens, you get, number one, frustrated. You may even get angry. And then you start talking to an inanimate object. And I'm not talking about OnStar either, okay? So how many of you talk to your car, talk to things? Yeah, isn't that crazy? We talk to these things that can't talk back, they can't respond. Like we expect, could you imagine if your car decided to talk back to you? Yeah, we won't go there, okay. Okay. So unmet expectation, I believe, is an issue in our lives. Because it leaves us frustrated, disappointment, disappointed, and discouraged. You know, in premarital prep, and something that Deb and I love to do in meeting with couples, and we're raising up others to meet with those that are getting married or even thinking about getting marriage, married, we go through a series of lessons. And one of the lessons is expectations. And we ask the couple to write down 10 expectations they have of their fiancé and 10 expectations they have for themselves in that relationship. Because we've discovered that there's usually marital conflict because expectations have not been clearly known. And, you know, uh, you know, I could say a few things here, but maybe I'll skip it. You need to discuss expectations, or you will be frustrated or discouraged and disappointed. You need to know what's expected of you and what you can expect from others. And, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. We'll move on. Many of you have come here today with certain expectations, Some of you have come and will experience the unexpected. Maybe you didn't expect that God was going to do something significant in your life. But maybe he will. Maybe he already has. God's presence, I believe, will meet us in a way that will impact you. And I think many times people can come to church and be met by God's presence, and they weren't expecting God to move in their life. So many times, as God begins to move in the heart of a person, they begin to weep and cry. And they say, God is doing something in my life. And they didn't expect that to happen, but yet God met them at a point of need. God desires to do something unexpected in your life. See, there's a contrast between the expected and unexpected. This is the season of Advent, a season of anticipation that focuses on Jesus' arrival and his birth. But so much around Jesus' birth was unexpected, okay? Jesus came at an unexpected time through unexpected people and in an unexpected place, bringing unexpected love. And we want to talk about these three components, at least the first three components, and then the fourth we'll wrap it up with. 
But the unexpected time, Jesus came at an unexpected time. Now, I don't know how many of you are into uh, TLC's new series, Unexpected. But, you know, I've never seen a program, but I did view a couple of clips of, of that program, like trailers or something. And uh, TLC's new series, Unexpected, takes a raw look at three teenage pregnancies and the effects that it has on their families as they prepare for the arrival of the babies. And when you think about it, Mary was just a teenager, a teenage girl visited by an angel, unwed, and facing an unexpected pregnancy. Wow. Think about what her parents went through. I mean, because she was 14 or 16 years, something like that. I mean, she was young. And when that news finally came out, it was a shock to the community, especially in the culture of that day. We see in Luke chapter 1, and we'll start reading at verse 26, and here we see the story of the angel Gabriel visiting Mary and coming to her and making the declaration of what was going to happen. This was completely unexpected. This visitation was unexpected. In the sixth month, starting at verse 26, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. Wow. Now think of the scandal back then. A virgin conceiving and with child. Who was going to believe that? That was so far-fetched. But yet the promised Messiah was expected. Yet the time was unexpected. The prophets had foretold this event for centuries, the arrival of Messiah Jesus coming, and that a virgin would conceive. But nobody knew exactly when or how it would take place. It didn't happen as they thought it would. For Mary and Joseph, the timing was unexpected. We see a verse in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And it speaks of the fullness of time, realizing that the time was right for Jesus to be born. The time was right for Jesus to be conceived in Mary's womb. The time was right, but it was unexpected to the people and to the generation of that day. But yet Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, verse 5, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. In other words, we could be brought into the family of God. We could be saved from our sins as because of the result of Jesus being born at the right time. The other thing we see is that Jesus came, or at that time, it was an unexpected people. The Christmas story reminds us that God uses unexpected people. 
those that you wouldn't think God could use or would use. See, there was a time in my life that I didn't think God could use me. I never could even perceive that I would stand on the pulpit and minister the Word of God. I, I couldn't get that image. I, I never saw myself doing this because I didn't think God could use me like this. Until I came to a place of surrender, yielding to His will, and God put me in this place to be able to speak to you today. And let me tell you, that's a miracle. It really is. You're looking at a miracle because this is not something I wanted necessarily. It's something I was dreadfully afraid of, but yet God called me, and I answered that call. And so, but it's interesting that God uses flawed people who have visible weaknesses and deficiencies. Mary, Joseph, the innkeeper, the shepherds, you and me, these were all people that society probably thought were insignificant, but yet God chose them. He chose and used unexpected people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 26, I love this passage. I can remember reading this and realizing, Lord, you can use me because of what this says. Let's look at it. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So God can take a life seemingly insignificant, and you may feel insignificant. You are the one that God's targeting because he wants to use you. But let me just say it this way. There's no one that is insignificant. It's men and women and people that determine who's insignificant or who's not. God doesn't see any human being as insignificant, as a nobody, as a nothing. In fact, God created this world out of nothing. And if you think you're nothing, God can do something with you. He can make something out of your life. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've gone through, no matter where you are right now, God can do something so significant with your life if you simply give him a chance. See, I think, and I, I, I've shared this many times, I think the greatest struggle in Christianity is what I call a yielding struggle. It's simply the yielding of our will to his will. It's that prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. It's a surrender. It's opening our heart to let God do what he wants to do in our life. And you know what's, what's difficult? People have pride. And they say, no, God, I don't want that. I don't want you in my life. I don't know if I would like what would happen if I let you in my life. Give him a chance. You'll love what he'll do in your life. You, I can promise you that. Okay. So then the, the third thing we see is unexpected place. God often shows up in an unexpected place. And I say this, right here, right now, God show up. 
Show up in this place. Show up in our lives. Do something significant right here, right now. In Luke 2, 7, the scripture reads, And she gave birth to her, to her firstborn son and wrapped him in, a, in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn. What a place to be born. I don't know of anyone that was born in the barn, but Jesus was. He was born in the manger. Why? Because there was no other place, there's no other room for him. And, and, and we see the allegory here is that we need to make room for Jesus in our hearts because when we do, he'll, he'll come, he'll show up. We should live our lives with the awareness that God is most likely going to show up in the most unexpected places. He shows us and meets us where we are. He shows up and he meets us where we are in our weakness, in our pain, in our moment of greatest need. Yet it's easy to miss his presence in the routine of our daily life. So don't miss him in the routine of your daily life. Let him be involved in that as well. Let him show up in those areas too. Suddenly is a word that can be associated with unexpected. Because if something's unexpected, it's like a sudden, oh, suddenly, I, I didn't expect this to happen. And so shepherds had a suddenly in their life with the unexpected visitation of the angels. In Luke 2, verses 10 through 14, the scripture says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now imagine, these shepherds are tending their sheep. And the angel shows up. Angel Gabriel shows up and makes this declaration. That was a suddenly in their life. In verse 11, it says, For unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Wow. So all of heaven opened up. And the angel choir was singing and declaring this word to them. Now, as I bring this message to conclusion, we understand, we need to know that we can have unexpected love. I think the revelation when I discovered that Jesus loved me in spite of myself, I felt that I had to be good enough and I wasn't good enough for God to love me. But that wasn't the case because I discovered that God's love is unconditional. His love is unconditional. It wasn't based on my actions, my goodness, my good deeds. It was based on his capacity to love. He loved me in my weakness. He loved me in the stink of my life. He loved me in my sin. And because of that love, he was able to save me. But we need to be warned just as he came the first time, he's coming again. 
This too is unexpected. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 2, it says, For you know how quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. The only difference about, really, the, there's maybe a lot of differences about the first coming and the second coming of Christ. The first coming, he came as a babe in the manger. He came to save us from our sins. He came as the Lamb of God to sacrifice himself. But the second time he comes, he's coming as reigning, ruling king. He's coming as Lord of lords. He's coming in glory. He came the first time in humility. He came in, in the weakness and in, in the unexpected place. His second coming is unexpected, but he's coming in his glory, in his power, in his majesty. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to be ready when he comes. And, and so I want to extend an invitation to you this morning. Because you may say, Pastor, I am ready. I've made my peace with God. And if Jesus were to come today, if I were to die today, I know that I'd be with him. I know that my life is right with God. Now, maybe you might say, I'm uncertain whether my life is right with God or not. Maybe you would say, if I were to die today, I don't know where I would go. Maybe you don't believe that there's a heaven or a hell. Well, I wouldn't uh, bank on that, because what if there is? This could be the day that your whole world changes. This could be the day that your whole world changes. When I think about my life, when my whole world changed, I think of some events that now I look back and maybe it wasn't that big. But when I got my driver's license, my whole world changed. I had the power of that vehicle. I could go here to there. And all my mom would ask me to do is go to the grocery store for her. Yeah. My whole world changed when I got married. And I'm glad I did. I have no regrets. I love that woman. I always will. My whole world changed when I became a father. When we began to have children and embrace these little ones in our arms and see them grow up, graduate, go off to college, get married and start having their own kids. And my whole world changed when I became a grandfather. My whole world changed when my dad died, when he passed away. It's not the same without him. Years ago, my whole world changed when my best friend died. You know, things change when the unexpected happens. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, the scripture says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Now the Apostle Paul that was writing this he was a persecutor of the church. He hated believers. He had Christians put into prison and had them executed. That 
you know, he was not a good man. He understood, however, that he was a sinner that needed a Savior. And maybe here today you say, Pastor, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, but I haven't made my peace with God. I'm extending the opportunity for you this morning to give your heart to Jesus, to open your life to him and say, Jesus, would you come into my heart and be the Lord of my life? I'm willing and ready to commit my life to you. It's a decision that only you can make. I can't make the decision for you. We freely receive and accept the love of God that was extended to us through Jesus. Jesus is the Savior of the world who died on the cross for you and for me. If you believe that, if you believe that he raised from the dead, then you can receive the gift of eternal life. You can receive forgiveness of sins. With every head bowed, nobody looking around right now, I just want to speak to those that may be here that would say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God. Maybe you're dealing with addiction. Maybe you're dealing with strongholds in your life that has paralyzed you. and You've come to a place where you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Let's all stand up together. Now, for those of you that raised your hands and the rest of you, I'm going to have you pray this prayer after me. And I call it a believer's prayer because it's a prayer that we can pray to put our faith in Jesus, to receive him as the Lord of our life. And the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, we become a new creation. We become brand new inside. We receive cleansing from sins. We literally become the righteousness and righteousness of God. In other words, we're cleansed from the inside out. So repeat after me, especially those of you that raised your hand. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I choose you. I believe in you. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Make my life what you want it to be. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Father, I pray for everyone in this auditorium. Father, for those that just received Jesus for the first time in their life, that you would make yourself real to them. That they would experience your unexpected love that is demonstrated through what Jesus did for us. Father, I pray for everyone else here that is dealing with something unexpected in their life that has caused frustration, discouragement, or pain. 
And I pray that you lift them, Father God, that you encourage them, that you strengthen them, that you establish victory in their lives so they can rise above the issue of turmoil and conflict and walk in your peace and walk in your presence. In Jesus' name. And Father, we welcome your unexpected love for we don't deserve it, but yet you freely give it. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Continue to stand, and we're going to worship in a closing song. But let me just share this with you. I really believe God is wanting to do something significant in your life. And whether you expect it or not, God is going to show up. He's going to show up in a place that maybe you didn't expect him to. He's going to show up and manifest his presence in your life and reveal himself to you. You can know him. You can experience him. He's real. See, that's the thing about Christianity. It's different from any other religion because Christianity is a real, vital relationship with the God that we serve. He makes himself real in our life. Undeniably, I know Jesus is real because I've experienced his reality in my life. You can't talk me out of that. It's not just the mind game. It's a heartfelt experience and encounter. Amen. Let's worship him. God bless you. Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.